Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. While you're on your feet, grab your Bibles. I tell you what, I got a better one for you. Stay in your seat. Stay in your seat. I got a lot of scripture. It's been prayed over, and I know you give honor to the word. Uh, so we're going to work through your Bibles. I don't have a screen on purpose this morning. So get your phone. You're going to need, or your Bible. You still use one of those. And uh, follow me. I need uh, to preface this. I was going to call it a message, but I, I don't have a message for today. Uh, but I do have a word from the Lord, and uh, I'm also excited that we're going to get to do a baptism in, uh, at the end of this service. Let's give the Lord a hand praise for Brother Chain. Wave at everybody, Chain. Uh, God is doing a work in him, brought him in here and just gave him a prophetic word. Some of y'all were here. Amen. And uh, so he's pursuing God, going to be baptized here in just a little bit. Uh, that's what it's all about. So uh, keep your eye on this young man because he's going to do great things for Jesus. God has got him marked. But like Josh said, I, I wasn't on the schedule for today. Uh, he was. And uh, God took me to a high place of prayer this week. Y'all probably going to have to overlook me today or just bear with me today. Uh, a very, very high place of prayer. And begin to download this prophetic word into my spirit uh, that I knew had to be deposited this morning. So I didn't, I didn't override him. I don't do that if I have him on schedule. I did call him and get his permission even though I knew he'd give it to me. Uh, so I need you to know I just didn't come to sermonize you today. Uh, I believe I have a prophetic word for Life Church for you as an individual and us corporately. Uh, and I told my wife, I'm just going to be transparent for a few minutes that the only time I'm comfortable with this sermon is in prayer. When I come out of prayer, it's chaos. And it's, it's uh, can anybody relate to me? When I come out of prayer, I don't know what to do and I don't know what to say and I don't understand these depths of God. But when I go back into prayer, there's full disclosure. Uh, and I told her, I said, this message is so spiritual, it's the only place I'm comfortable is in the spirit of prayer. So we're going to need to get into the spirit of the word today. And that's where I'll have to preach it from, but you're going to have to go with me to be able to receive it. I feel like 1 Corinthians, I think it is 1st or 2nd, chapter number 2, where it says that the Holy Spirit reveals unto us the deep things of God. And then we have to compare spiritual things with spiritual words. So I've been to a place where it's hard to put my limited vocabulary, uh, to use my limited vocabulary to explain to you the things I've seen. Anybody understand that in any level? So that's my endeavor today to do nothing but follow the Holy Spirit of God. And I need you as an individual to get a hold of that today. So we're going to read a few scriptures more than I ever read. Uh, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. I've simply decided to title this sermon, Discovering God. Discovering God. Courtney's preached it. Colby's preached it. 
words have already been spoken into. It's like we all working together today to relay to you the heart of the Father. Uh, I, I just love it, Josh. I love it too, being on the same team with you guys. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Uh, I feel like before I do, I, I wasn't going to do this, but I think I will uh, to let, because you're the body. We're all one. And I need you to know what's in my spirit, something else God put in my spirit uh, so you can be in prayer about it. Uh, and I'm challenging you. Please help me pray about it. Our world is in chaos. It's like she's coming unglued. The United States of America seems to be coming unglued. Problems that's been underlying for years, decades, even centuries. It's just a sore that festers up every time something happens. And uh, sometimes we just let it die down and go on. I believe there's a healing. I believe there's a balm in Gilead. I believe the church ought to have the answer. Is anybody with me? I believe we are the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. We're the leaven of our communities. We ought to have an influence that is raising us up out of the ash heaps of hurt and, and destruction. Uh, I really believe we have that responsibility of, as a church. And uh, with all this that's going on in the news and everybody's got their opinion. But you know, we have a higher calling than being American citizens. Now I don't mean I'm a patriot at heart. I always have been. But let me tell you what, America is not our God. Amen. America is not our kingdom. We are a part of a kingdom that is higher than America. We have a Supreme Court that's higher than Washington's Supreme Court. Amen. So our allegiance, amen, is to our country second and to our God first. And I, I mean, that's, that's pretty logical. No matter how big of a patriot you are, amen. And I think we ought to be grateful uh, that we don't live in some of the other countries. But we may not be able to find equality and unity under the flag of the United States of America. But I guarantee you, if you're a born-again Christian, you can find equality and unity under the banner of Jesus Christ. Eat a bowl. Are you feeling me? Amen. And sometimes it's our allegiance to our nation robs us of allegiance with the kingdom. Amen. And so God has just been convicting me in that area. Uh, some people sees the flag flying, it raises pride in their heart. Others sees it flying and it brings hurt, remorse, regret. Uh, you may judge the other side simply because you ain't been through what they've been through or you hadn't got to benefit from what they benefit from. Bottom line, amen. But there is a church who comes right down the middle with a balance that is perfect. Can I get a witness? His, this word is our constitution. And nothing trumps it. Not even Trump. <laughs> wow, that worked. Uh, so whether he's your hero or your villain means nothing in the kingdom of God. Nothing. Nothing. What matters is this constitution right now. God's dealing with me about bringing, trying my, our best to bring our community together under that banner. Not to the banner of the United States of America. Not the banner of, banner of a human president. 
but to unite the body of Christ, black and white, united Pentecostal, non-denominational, Methodist, all under the banner of Jesus Christ himself. That's what I'm praying about and that's what I'm pushing. So I need you to help me begin to pray that we can have a response to all the negativity with a positive message. That you are my brother and you are my sister. I don't know how long it's going to take me to pull this off, but I'm doing the groundwork and and it's probably going to require you help me. Ain't no probably to it. We got to cook. We're going to have to buy. We're going to have to spend money. We're going to invest and we're going to try to bring everything and everybody together we can to be a positive witness that we are united in a divided nation. Would you help me just pray about that? I want to pull it out in the month of July. So what it's going to look like, I don't know. All I know is we're going to push and try to bring healing. Now grab your Bibles. I'm not leaving you in the dark as your pastor. I'm taking you everywhere God takes me. Paul said, are you there? 2 Corinthians 12 and 7. Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For the thing I besought the Lord thrice, Paul said, I prayed about this aggravating spirit three times that this thing would depart from me. But God answered his prayer in verse number nine and said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Paul's whole demeanor in prayer life changed to his next statement. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in the things I was just asking God to remove. I will glory in my infirmities that the power of Jesus may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, things I'm doing without food, clothes, shelter. I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, and in distresses for, uh, distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, For when I am weak, then I am strong. I got all kind of tabs in my Bible of scriptures that I really like. So I'm going to thumb through here and see which one I want to give you. Uh, Go to Isaiah 45, 15. Isaiah 45 and 15. Verily, verily, thou art a God that hidest thyself. O God of Israel, the Savior. What a scripture. It's the word now. I'm going to read it again. I know it's kind of confusing, and I've been wrestling with it all week, but I'm going to read it again. Verily, you are a God that hides yourself. 
O God of Israel, the Savior. Now turn with me to Psalms 18. I had one scripture picked out of Psalms 18 and got to reading Psalms 18 and said, oh my God. It's such a powerful chapter. So we're going to read. We're going to read. I don't know if you're used to reading your Bible, but we're going to read. Psalms 18 and 1, and I really love it out of the Passion Translation. I just ain't going to try it because most of you don't have one, I don't guess. But I challenge you, if you don't have one, I don't know if you can pull that stuff up or not. Psalms 18 and 1 says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust. He's my buckler. He's the horn of my salvation and my high tower. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Amen. You're dismissed. Thanks for coming. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and so shall I be saved from my enemies. The salvation from my enemies is found in my calling and praising. That's somebody's word right there. Did you catch that? The so, uh, you, this, is, this thing was written from a bad, bad place in David's life. May I stop back and say I'm about to prophesy to some people who are in a dark spot. Amen. You can't see real clear right now and, and it's dark. I know I'm not preaching to everybody today and that's okay. I'm good with that now. But I am preaching to some people who's in a dark era of your life. This is where this psalm was reading, written from. David was being totally subdued and attacked by physical enemies that he had no power to stand up against. Oh, but listen at it. Three, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And so shall I be saved from my enemy. The sorrows of death have compassed me. He's drawing a picture of being covered up by the sea. That's how he sees his enemy. It's like a sea that is just drowning. And he's at the bottom of the sea writing this song. The sorrows of death compass me. Talking about waves. And the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell have compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him even unto his ears. And then, because of prayer, the earth shook and trembled and the foundations of the hills were moved and shaken because God was angry. He gets mad when people picks on his kids. Can I get a witness, some of you parents? There went up a smoke out of his nostrils. Can y'all see this? And fire came out of his mouth. That's the way Patty gets when people mess with her kids. Son, y'all don't let that little old petite thing fool you. Smoke will come up out of her nose. Fire came out of his mouth. Coals were, things started catching on fire. 
because God was breathing fire against the enemy. Enemies! <laughs> oh, God, y'all pray for me. The, he bowed down the heavens and came down. And darkness was under his feet. Courtney was going to preach my message and I knew it. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He's coming for you and he's coming in a hurry. Don't you bail out. Don't you give in. Don't you throw in the towel. I said he's coming in. A, he's coming like uh, flying in the wind. And look at verse number eleven. He made darkness his secret place. Secret place means his hiding place. It means to be concealed. Okay, okay. Wait on me, Jennifer. That's a prophetess for you. It means to be out of sight. He was out of sight, but he was there. He made darkness his secret place and his pavilion around about him were dark waters and thick, dark clouds of the sky. A pavilion is a tent. It's a movable habitation. God says, I'm constantly moving to dark places. When, when, when you get in a dark place, you may not can see him, but he's made his pavilion there. But what's amazing is he didn't build a permanent dwelling place. He, he just pitched a tent because it's not permanent. It's temporary. I need somebody. I'm just prophesying today. Amen. That you can't see him in the darkness, but he is there. He's made it a secret place and his pavilion. I just need you to elbow your neighbor right now while a pastor's prophesying and tell him, you're not by yourself. You're not by yourself. You can't see him because it's dark, but he's pitched a tent with you. He's pitched a tent in that dark spot with you. Twelve, at the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord thundered in the heavens and the highest gave his voice. Hailstones and coals of fire. God began to help David fight by throwing hailstones at his enemy. Yeah, he sent out arrows and he scattered them. He shot out lightnings and discomfited them. Then the channels of water were seen. The foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. It's a picture of David being at the bottom of the sea and God blasting the sea open and David's there. 16, he sent from above. He took me. He drew me up out of the many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity but the Lord was my stay. You know what that means? It says, that literally means they exploited my weakness. My enemy caught me in a weak place in my life and exploited my, my weakness in my current situation and circumstances. Can I tell you, when you get in these situations, the devil is an opportunist. And he will exploit the circumstances. 
Amen. He may not can cause them. Circumstances come your way. But David said, when I was at my lowest point, the enemy says, now we can take him. Now we can take him. I'm, I'm pro- I'm, if you wait on me to preach, I'm already prophesied. Amen. He's exploited. You can't say nothing right now, but just nod at me if you know what I'm talking about. Amen. He took a bad situation in your life and he began to exploit that situation to drown you. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Ain't that awesome? He ain't delivered you because he, you deserve it. He's delivering you because he loves you. <laughs> because he found delight in you. Uh, you hating on yourself and God found delight in you. Amen. So much delight in you. Amen. He got so mad he started breathing fire. Uh, don't y'all just love the Bible? He started breathing fire, blasting out things. Things was catching on fire because the devil's messing with you. Oh, some of y'all can't even receive a word from the Lord. Let's see, where was I at? He brought me forth into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and I have not wickedly departed from my God. He's going to deliver me. He's going to deliver me because I, hadn't, I didn't run. I hadn't departed from the ways of God. I've been faithful. I've been faithful. So he's going to deliver me. For all his judgments were before me and I did put away his statutes and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was upright before him and I kept myself from iniquity. Therefore has the Lord recompensed recompense me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. With the merciful, that will show mercy. Show thyself merciful. With the upright man, you will show yourself upright. With the pure, will thou show thyself pure. And with the forward, will he show thyself forward. For you will save the afflicted people, but will bring down high looks. For you will light my candle. <laughs> I thought that was cool. He'll, he'll set me on fire again. The Lord God will enlighten my darkness. Huh? You know what? I ain't even got to depend on you no more. Amen? I ain't got to depend on circumstances no more. He'll just, God will, God will enlighten my circumstances. If God be for you, who can be against you? For by thee, O God, I have run through a troop, and by my God have I leapt over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He's a buckler to all those who trusted him. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is our rock except for God? It's God that girds me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like hinds feet. And sets me up in a high place. He teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of salvation, and thy right hand is holding me up. 
and thy gentleness has made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me that I, my feet did not slip. I have pursued mine enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again until they were consumed. And it just keeps on getting good. I want to share with you just a few minutes on the thought discovering God. And I'll be honest with you, I was just, he pulled me out of the house and, and just put me into a, a dimension of prayer. It was like I, I couldn't wait to get in that realm of prayer because I just knew something was up in the spiritual atmosphere. And he began to speak to me about discovering God. And to me, that was a foreign statement to me uh, uh, of, of what does that mean, discovering God. Uh, and he just began to speak on a level that, uh, I don't know, a, a dimension that I don't feel like I'd ever been to before. Uh, but the word discover means to become aware of. It means to become aware of. And can I just challenge you right now that you should always be discovering God. If you ever quit discovering new facets of God, as good as the... Uh, era you're in right now, it becomes boring. It becomes not enough. I, I'm not being disrespectful for God, with God. I'm just saying if you ever quit discovering Him, then it leaves you in a mundane position in your mind. And then you just start doing things by muscle memory. It don't take heart no more. It's muscle memory. And so... I found out that God was saying to me, don't never stop finding out things about me you're unaware of. I can, I, can tell, I can give you some red flags of if you have quit discovering God is when you go to your Bible and you've read that story so many times that you're reading it by muscle memory now. So there's nothing deeper in it there's nothing greater in it. Matter of fact, you're already quoting what you're reading before you read it. Uh, will somebody be honest with me? Amen. I mean, it's just, you know, I'm just, I've read this before. I know this blind man's going to get healed or, you know, I know what Jesus is about to say. And, 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 and if there's not a continual discovery of God, amen, that, that well that gave you that revelation 10 years ago, it dries up. And you can't get a new revelation out of the same well because it's dried up because you're not discovering God anymore. This is not my full sermon right here, but it's so important. Amen. If Christianity starts getting old to you and you're just going through the motions, it's because we've quit discovering God. Amen. And God is of such a nature that you will never discover the fullness of God. I don't know if it's true or not, but there's enough affirmation and confirmation by men smarter than me that the Bible says in Isaiah chapter number six, we get a glimpse of angels who are flying around the throne of God and have been doing so for all of eternity and will do. And every time they come around, they're saying, holy, holy, holy. And while the angels never get tired and are always enamored that every time they come around and see the face of God, they, see a, they discover a new facet. 
And so uh, their worship is renewed every day like the mercies of God. If, if worship is, is becoming mundane to you, it's because you have failed to discover another facet of God. Amen. And the reason that we fail to discover God is because the Bible says in Isaiah, I think, uh, 43, I don't know, somewhere in your Bible. Amen. It says, you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I have found out you may think you're pursuing God, but if it's not from a status of wholehearted pursuit, you fail to discover the newness of God. Is anybody in this room with me? Amen. Uh, uh, so, so discovery means to, to become aware of something that you did not know. The fact that you become aware of it, amen, testifies to the fact it's not that it did not exist. You just weren't aware of it. Amen. There's some aspects of God that exist that you're not quite aware of yet. Amen. And when you finally discover it, you want to tell everybody about it as if you've just created another attribute in God. When in reality, it was God all the time. You just finally become aware of another aspect of God. This is what growing in faith is called. If you're not continually discovering another aspect of God that wows you, you've become stagnant. Somebody just wave at me if y'all been in these places or is it just me? Huh? You become stagnant. Amen. Still going through the motions, still saved, but not living a life of discovery. A life of wonder. Kobe, the, the, the coin you phrase around here. A life of wonder just continually discovering God. And God began to show me, I'm not preaching today, I'm just going to share and sit down. There's, <laughs> Benny, I can tell by the reading your face, he said he'd lie. God showed me three levels of discovery of God. I, there's no way this is in, uh, this, that I'm going to exhaust this topic because there's no end to finding out God. But, but I, I do want to show you three levels of, of discovery that is, that is Christianity 101. The three levels of discovery are found in the tabernacle. Uh, we've done in-depth studies on the tabernacle. I started to put a picture up so you could see it. The tabernacle that God told Moses to build had the outer court, inner court, and holy of holies. It, now, you're the temple of God. You have the body, you have the soul, and you have the spirit. It's the three dimensions in which God dwells. Amen? That's a, that's, a, that's a simple elementary teaching, but it's so powerful that he dwells. Amen? Um, so God said there's three levels of discovery that you, you, you may know or, or not be aware of that I'm going to bring to your attention for just a few minutes. The first level of discovery is discovered in the outer court. In the outer court, you have the altar of sacrifice. It's right out in the ball open. There's a tent around this tabernacle that God chose to dwell in with the children of Israel for 40 years in the wilderness. And they took this tabernacle everywhere they went because it was the abiding presence of God. Man, I wish I'd have got you pulled me up a picture, Josh. Amen. But some of you have probably seen it. And it's, it's, a, it's a, a perimeter of curtains. And it's got three dimensions. And in the outer court, it's got sunlight. And out there is the, the uh, altar of burnt sacrifices. 
That's all that's out there. Amen. It stinks out there because there's animals dying. They're being burnt. There's the smell of burnt flesh out there. Amen. But it represents your first discovery of God. It represents salvation. It represents you asking forgiveness of your sins and, and, uh, 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 and Christ being your supreme sacrifice. And out there also there's a washing laver where the priests would wash their hands before they would go into the second dimension of discovery. So your first level of discovery of God is basically your salvation. And out there is where you get washed of your sins. And you have discovered God as your Savior. And you're on your way to heaven. Amen. But there's another dimension of discovery. It's called the uh, inner court. And in the inner court now, you walk through a curtain. And it has a top on it. So in here, there's no natural light. But in here is the menorah. The menorah is the seven golden candlesticks, which represents the Word of God. Y'all got to stay with me on this. Now, we got to unfold it. I got to unpackage this thing, okay? Amen. The, the, the menorah. So, have I got a team or what? I got a menorah in here. Amen. It's the seven golden candlesticks. And right in front of it is the table of showbread, which represents the Word of God. So in here... In my second dimension of discovery, I don't have natural light anymore. I have the light of the Word of God that I'm discovering who Jesus is. I have the showbread. Oh, I hope y'all don't get bored on me. I have the showbread, which Jesus is the bread, right? So now I'm discovering Jesus through my Bible. I'm discovering who God is through the teacher. I'm discovering through the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, Wednesday night's teaching. You got to get it if you weren't here. Sister Patty taught. It's powerful. Amen. It was uh, uh, the gifts are now, I'm discovering Christ through study. I'm studying who God is by partaking of heavenly manna, the word of God. Amen. You can't, uh, move on, Dean, move on. So this is my second level of discovery. And, and in this level also, I have, uh, he's getting better and better, breaking things down for me. Uh, uh, and in here, I have an altar of incense, which represents prayer. So now I've moved to a level of discovery that my Bible, the Word, the teacher, and now I'm learning how to pray. And my prayer is sweet incense unto God. And I'm discovering him by the light of the word. And all I got to do uh, is keep the candles burning. Amen. Oh, I could just stop and teach on all this stuff. But uh, my job as the priest is just keep these candles burning. Keep the light on so I can discover God. Keep, keep the light on in my life. Keep the teacher in my life. Keep the pastor in my life. Keep my Bible in my life. Keep my prayer time in my life. Amen. That's discovery level number two. But there's a third dimension of discovery. And it's in the Holy of Holies up top. And in this place, there's no natural light. There's no light of the word. 
It's pitch black dark. It's dark in here. And it's where God dwells. Holy Ghost is going to have to help me because this here is hard. Wrap your mind around. And once a year, 1% of the priesthood got to go in and discover God on a dimension that nobody else got to see. The problem with this dimension is it's so dark in there you can't see to operate. So he takes a censer and he takes coal off of the altar of prayer and he puts it in that censer because he's got to get blood to the mercy seat. And he pulls that curtain back and he sticks that censer in there and he goes to swinging it and he fills that dark room with smoke which is declaring to you and I there's levels of discovery with God that is always preceded by a greater level of prayer. It's beyond what I'm being taught. It's beyond what I'm reading in the Word. Oh, I don't know how y'all gonna receive this today, but I went to a high place to get it, amen. It's a discovery of God that's beyond Scripture. Hmm. It's beyond what I know in my mind. It's an experience with God, amen, that I don't have no point of reference with. And it's dark in there. It's pitch black dark. So now the priest is stepping into a dark environment to where he can't see anything. But his job is to get blood to the mercy seat. So the only way to navigate in this dark arena is through prayer. God surrounds himself with darkness. But, but, but hear me, it's not darkness like you're thinking. Because God dwells in unapproachable light. And there is no darkness in him. It's, it's, it's dark because in this sphere, your natural eyes can't see anything. It's a realm to where you can only navigate in this realm by your faith. But it's a, it's a realm of discovery that you go beyond what you've been taught thought I'd never hear myself saying these words. It goes beyond every Bible class. It goes beyond every scripture you can quote. And you step into a level, a dimension of discovery that you experience God. You experience Him in His fullness and in His power. The problem is this level of discovery will only be discovered in the dark seasons of your life. You, you, you can't discover God on this level as long as there is natural light. 
There is a natural source that's going to help me through this thing. There's, there's, I can still depend on my scriptures. Can I tell you, God is bringing some people into this church uh, into a position to discover God in a way that the scriptures you do have are now contradicting the discovery you're about to make. And what I mean by that is God is going to allow you to discover him in a way, amen, that scriptures people's quoting you right now are almost like a heavy burden because your situation right now. And, and, and the reason, are y'all with me? The reason multitudes never discover God on this dimension is because we don't know how to navigate the darkness. We, we don't know how to navigate the darkness. And, and, and as a result, we'll pull back in darkness. Can I help somebody right now? Are y'all with me? Can I help somebody right now? You are doing really good. And the light of the word was shining into your life. Amen. And you were enjoying the bread. You were enjoying the manna. Amen. <laughs> of, of, of your second level of discovery. Amen. But all of a sudden, you stepped in dimension number three. And it was so dark, you didn't know that it was God giving you opportunity to discover him in a dimension you've never known before. And because we didn't know how to navigate the darkness, we'd back back out into discovery number two. We, we would back back out, amen, to the light of the word. Amen. Am I belittling the light of the word? Absolutely not. Amen. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Amen. But God is bringing life church to a place of discovery like we have never discovered him. That we're about to become aware of some things that we were never aware of before. And the reason we never got to know him on this level is because when it started getting dark, we started retreating. Amen. When it got dark, we started retreating. When in reality, God was saying, amen, I make my pavilion in the dark place. I have pitched a tent in your dark place. I'm hidden in the dark place. My God, who am I, who am I teaching this morning? He told Paul, he said, there's some things you can't discover about me as long as you're strong. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost, to teach this this morning. There, there's some things. Yes, you have Scripture. Amen. And, and here's the deal. Scripture's not a bad thing. But Scripture, we've never had to live on just become shallow to us. We can quote it. We can be taught it. But until I get put in a dark place, I'm not even, I'm not even forced to take that Scripture and let it be the light that lights my dark place. Amen. So, so he told Paul, you're asking me to deliver you of something that I've sent to you so you could discover how strong I am. You double. He said, you're praying against the weakness in your life. You're praying against the infirmity in your life. You're praying against the necessity in your life. And what you don't realize is uh, you'll never discover that I am your provider until you do without. You'll, you'll never discover how strong I am until you become so weak. Amen. But it's when we're in these fears that it's dark. 
Somebody shake your neighbor and tell them it's dark. It's dark. You can't see in the natural. You can't see no way where you can make a way. You can't see no way where you can handle this. David said, my enemy was so much stronger than me. Amen. But God said, I've made that darkness my secret place. I'm hid out there. Oh, God help me today. I come to tell somebody that's in a dark era in your life, don't you back up. Don't you retreat. God's pitched a tent in the dark place. And he's granting you the opportunity to discover him at a level you didn't, you wasn't aware of. Oh my God. And when Paul said this, when, when God answered him and said, my grace is sufficient. He said, my, my light, my light can't even shine effectively until it gets dark in your life. So we never go to this level of maturity. We never go to this level of discovery because when it gets dark, I retreat. When it gets dark, am I just preaching to me this morning? I withhold my worship. When it gets dark, I withhold my praise. When money gets tight, I withhold my tie. When when it gets tight, I withhold my joy. Is anybody, I gotta slip back into this realm. Amen. And I don't get to discover him. Amen. Why? Because I wasn't aware he was there. He was hidden by the circumstances. He was hid. I couldn't see him. I couldn't see him. It was dark. Huh? We're not talking about physical darkness here. We're talking about illumination that could come from anything. Amen. He's, uh, I didn't know he was here. I, I didn't know he was here because uh, it was so dark I couldn't see him. Josh, it reminds me of Job. Job said, I went forward and I couldn't see God. I went backwards and I could not behold him. He said, I looked on the left hand where God does work. Amen. And he said, I couldn't see him. And he said, he's hiding himself on the right hand. Job said, I, it's so dark. I'm looking everywhere and I can't see God. Yet he knows the way that I take. In other words, I can't see him right now. And I don't know where he is, but he knows where I am. And it's dark in here, but he's got a tent. He's got a tent pitched in here. And he's making a way where there seems to be no way. He's, he's, he's put me in a place to discover him. On a level I've never discovered him before. Right in the middle of the darkness. And can I help somebody right now with a statement? Come on. Every, every discovery of, every private discovery of God brings public revealing. Just write that down and chew on it. Every private discovery of God becomes a public revealing. That's where I got this Bible. That's where we got every testimony where somebody learned how to navigate the darkness and now I get to see God based on their navigation. I'm preaching to big boys today. I'm preaching to big girls today. You're going to have to think deep to stay with this. Every private discovery brings public manifestation. In other words, 
the more I discover God, the more I discover me. And when I discover who God is, it makes me know who I am. And then everybody around me, God is revealed to everybody around me. Oh my God, I'm afraid this is too deep for you to catch every bit of it. In other words, God's trying to bring life church to a dimension of discovery that turns a community upside down. But now we're in a dimension to where we can quote them scripture. We can teach them a Bible class. We can bust their kids in here on a Wednesday night. Amen. You can go through all the motions and be saved as, you, as can be. But God is bringing us to a level of discovery. To where I, when I discover who I am, I go reveal who he is. Uh, let me put that back a little bit. When I discover who he is, I then discover who I am. And then I manifest the life of God everywhere I go. He said, this is what I'm going to build my church on. He said, who do men say that I am? Peter said, I know who you are. I have discovered you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. He said, you got this in the dark place. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. God taught you this. And he said, so now I'm going to tell you who you are. You're Peter. The reason we're so weak and timid and insecure is because of a faulty discovery of God. That the more we discover him, he'll turn around and reveal to me who I am. And he said, you are a rock. You are steady. You are steadfast. Can I help somebody right now and tell you some things about you you're not aware of? And the reason you're not aware of it is because you're not aware of, that, of the character of God. Amen. That no matter how weak the devil's told you you are, no matter how unstable the devil's told you you are, amen. When you discover who God is, you'll come to the realization, I am a rock. I am steadfast. I am unmovable. Amen. Somebody shake your neighbor right now and tell them I'm a rock. I'm a rock. I'm steadfast. Amen. Oh, I, uh, you just don't know me. No, you don't know you. Oh, my God. Are y'all with me this morning? So every dark place is, is, is a new level of discovery of who God is. But you'll never discover these levels of dimensions if you're afraid of the dark place. If you don't know how to navigate the dark place. The dark place is that place, remember, where you can't see God. You can't see the things of God. Courtney, I couldn't help but think about uh, the ten lepers. Y'all still with me? I told you I wasn't preaching. I'm just prophesying. The ten lepers was eat up with leprosy. And Jesus told them, go show yourselves to the priest. Go show yourselves to the priest. To go show yourselves to the priest meant you were healed. It meant you didn't have leprosy no more. So the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. 
You know why they got healed? They knew how to navigate the dark place. They knew how to walk by faith in the dark place. So when they couldn't see nothing from the natural, come on, y'all, I'm, I'm teaching you right now. When they couldn't see no results in the natural, they couldn't see no change in the natural, they begin to walk through the darkness on the faith of what they just heard. And while they were walking, they discovered something about God that they did not know before. Can I tell you, we're robbing ourselves of a greater discovery of God because we're waiting on the light to come on and results to come before we step out in obedience to God. He's out there in that dark place. Oh, is anybody listening to me? He's camped out in the dark place of your life waiting for you to discover Him in a dimension you've never discovered before. There was a... There was a little woman with Then Elisha come and said, would you make me a cake? She said, I can't make you no cake. She said, I got one handful of meal left and a little bit of oil. I'm going to make a cake and die. But he said, if you'll make me a cake, you're going to live on. What she didn't know was God was hiding in the meal barrel. Oh, that's a word for somebody right there. She didn't know he was hiding in the meal barrel. If she hadn't realized he was hidden in the dark place of her meal barrel, she would have been selfish and she would have made her a little cake and she would have died. But because she knew how to navigate the darkness... I said she knew how to navigate that area to where there's no natural light whatsoever. Everything you do, it has to be done by the light of faith. Amen. Faith is our night goggles. Amen. And she was, God was hiding in the mill barrel. And because she knew how to navigate the darkness, amen, she reached in that mill barrel, built him a cake, and fed him by faith. And the Bible said every time she went back to that mill barrel, she would pull out another handful. Tell your neighbor, you got to learn how to navigate the darkness. Because God is trying to take you to a level of discovery. Is anybody hearing the words coming out of my mouth? It's beyond discovery number one. It's beyond discovery number two. It's a level of discovery that can only be discovered in the dark place. Abraham discovered God when he lifted his knife to take this, the life of his own son. They, there, there's a level of discovery that we'll never get to until we learn how to... you talking about a dark place, Sister Helen? It was a dark place for Abraham. I said it was a dark place for Abraham. He was about to sacrifice his own son in obedience to the father. But Abraham knew how to navigate the dark place. My God, I can't preach this like I got it in my spirit. Amen. I'm afraid we have a bunch of superficial Christians, amen, that have to be propped up with an encouraging scripture every time we turn around. We got to have somebody quoting a scripture over us. Thank God for the word. But God is trying to bring you to a level of maturity to where I have nothing to stand on but my complete faith and my trust 
and my confidence in God. And, 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 and yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he's got a countenance here somewhere. His tent is in this darkness. Can I preach to some mature Christians? Amen. Thank you, brother, for your text. Thank you for your word of encouragement. But I have stepped into a dark place uh, and all I got to navigate is my incense of prayer to God and he's going to make a way. He's going to blast out my enemy. And as a result, you're about to discover God for yourself. In dimension number two, there's priests everywhere. But not in this dimension. It's me and God. It's just me and God. I don't have a teacher. I don't have a preacher. I don't have a praise team. I ain't got no brother encourage me. It's just me and God in a dark place. And it's my opportunity to discover him, to become aware of a character of his that I did not know before. My God. You don't know how strong you are until you learn to navigate the dark place. You'll never know how qualified you are until you learn how to navigate the dark place. They were about to sell the widow woman. She was about to sell her sons because of poverty. She cried out to the prophet, what am I going to do? He said, gather vessels. He said, what you got in the house? She said, I ain't got nothing but a little cruise of oil. Just one little old cruise of oil. He said, gather vessels. And when you bring all the vessels in there, just begin to pour. Just begin to pour. He said, I'm, God said, I'm putting you in a position to discover me in a way that you do not know me. I'm going to put you in a place so dark that you can't see. You, there's nothing logical about the fact, Sister Kim, that that one little cruise of oil could break the back of poverty in her life. But God was hid in that little cruise. And she didn't realize what she was capable of until she started pouring. Can I prophesy to you? A lot of you are setting on, you're setting on giftings, talents, anointings, and ministries. You're setting on things in you you're not aware of. And because you can't see it in the natural, you haven't learned how to navigate the darkness and just start pouring what you got. Can I help you from where I'm standing? This is the way ministry works. Am I right, ministers? Amen. That God don't multiply it until you start pouring. Somebody high-five your neighbor and tell them start pouring. Start pouring. Start pouring what? I don't know anything. What do you know? You got a testimony? Huh? Amen. 
Chain, you ain't been in this thing very long. You may not know a whole lot of scripture, but you got a testimony. Well, start pouring that testimony. Start sharing what you got. And when you begin to share, you can't see where it's coming from. Is anybody, you start discovering, oh my God, I'm stronger than I thought I was. I got more in me than I thought of. Here's a word for somebody, amen. But it's found in the dark place of your own insecurities, your own weaknesses. But when you begin to pour, God begins to illuminate. We haven't learned how to navigate the dark places. And it's where God is hid. And now I understand that old saying, he's not hidden from you, he's hidden for you. But you never discover him because you were scared of that dimension. You copped out when you stood up and praising him. Jehoshaphat discovered God was a warrior. When he come against an army, he had no way of defeating And God said, oh no, I'm just putting you in a position to discover me in a way that you're not aware of. He said, so I want you to go out to the battlefield, but I want you to go out praising and I want you to go out worshiping. It was the darkest hour of Jehoshaphat's life. Are y'all listening to me? The darkest hour of his life. Amen. But he knew how to navigate the darkness. He didn't have nothing but a prophetic word. And he marched right out in the darkness, praising, worshiping, singing. And the Bible says when he began to worship, God began to set ambushments. I don't know what dark area you're in. Are y'all getting this teaching this morning? I would say that the priest was 1% maybe of the entire tribe, of the entire nation of Israel. And 1% of the priest got to discover God in dimensions 1 and 2. But 1% of the 1%, what would that be, Mike? <laughs> 1% of the 1% got to discover God by experience. Isn't that amazing? 1% of 1% got to discover Him by experience. And every dark season that comes in your life is an opportunity for you to discover God in a way that the majority of the church never gets to discover. The the darkest, I, I, I know I need to quit, but this is so in my spirit. The darkest hour of Mary and Martha and the little, the, that little group's life was when Lazarus died. They're all weeping. They're all crying. And Jesus was saying, this was done for the glory of God. I created this dark place so you could discover me. Oh, my God, here's your prophetic word. He said, I, I, I didn't actually create it. I just held back. Until it happened. I just held back until it happened. Amen. He told his disciples, he said, I, they're saying, let's go, let's go, let's go. He said, no, this is for the glory of God. This is so that someone can discover him in a level they could not discover him, but standing at the dark side of a dark tomb. Oh my God, is anybody here in my spirit today? 
So he comes up and Martha's having a hard time navigating the darkness. Martha's always having a hard time. She wouldn't sit at his feet. She wouldn't listen. She's having a hard time navigating the darkness. Jesus said, he's going to get up. She started using scripture. Lord, I know he's going to give up on that great getting up day. Well, that's a cop out. That great resurrection day, we know he's going to get up. He said, Martha, are you listening to me? I told you, if you would believe, you're going to see the glory of God. In other words, if you'll work with me, you're about to discover God in a way that you was unaware of. And he told them, roll the stone away. They discovered God when they began to remove the very thing that they thought cemented their situation. Oh, is anybody listening to me right now? They begin to remove the very thing. And in their mind, they said, my God, he's stinking. My God, he's been dead for four days. This is impossible. Amen. It takes maturity to navigate in the dark place. But their faith overrode what they could not see. And they're moving some stuff that God can begin to work. Who am I teaching right now? There's some things that you've called dead that God is saying, I'm just giving you an opportunity to discover the double, to the, to discover me in another dimension. Move the stone. I am preaching a dimension of maturity that 1% reaches, that discovers God in the dark areas of our life. And I say, God, why is it so important that we discover you on this level. He said, because what you discover about me in the secret place, you will reveal in the public place. My God, does that mean anything to you? She'll walk around revealing what you discovered in a dark place. We got plenty scripture quoters. We got a lot of people walking around quoting scriptures that never discovered the intimacy with God. So we'll, we'll put our spirit with his scriptures and we're doing a whole lot of damage. He said, yeah, you need to write that down right there, Josh, and quote that one. Amen. But when you discover him in a dark place, you experience his nature. You experience his character. Not doing away with his word, but you finally get to put character with what you know up here. And when you put character with what you know by scripture, then you begin to reveal the God of the universe. That's what people are drawn to. But we don't know how to navigate the dark place. We, we don't know how to swing that prayer sensor in the dark place. I ain't got nothing to go on. You know what I found out in prayer meetings? I ain't throwing no stones. I'm just telling you. Most people are more comfortable walking around talking to people than talking to God. Yeah, I, I, I'm more comfortable talking to you about my problem. So when I could be going into the secret place, waving my censer, so I know how to navigate the dark place. I'm more comfortable coming to somebody I can talk to. And that's 
discovery number two. I'm not saying it's not legal. I'm just saying as a result, we never become strong enough to navigate the dark places and discover God in a way that we come out and I can tell you by experience what God will do in this situation. Are y'all okay? God said, I'm bringing life church to a place of discovery. So I began to do this in-depth study and I found out it was for everyone who navigated the dark place as well that discovered God enough to give us this Bible. And Jesus was constantly putting them in position to discover him. He had 5,000 men, not counting the women and children, sitting in front of him and Jesus said, how are we going to feed all these? I just love the Bible because it says he already knew what he was going to do. He was just giving you an opportunity to discover. I wonder how many times you've been in a situation where it was simply an opportunity to discover God and experience God on a dimension that could not be experienced without your dilemma. But because we didn't know how to navigate the dark place, we forfeited an opportunity of discovery. Oh my God, are y'all hearing me? He said, what I want you to do is set the people down. And don't just set them down, set them in order. He said, what, what, what we got here to feed them? Philip had found a little boy with a little sack lunch. I just see that little brown paper sack with grease dripping out of the bottom of it. Because it had two fried fish and five loaves of bread in it. He said, well, Master, we do have these, but what is that about among so many? He said, set the people down. Put 50 here, 100 here. Now, it was pitch black dark. They could see no possible way that sack lunch is going to feed these people. But they begin to count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Y'all over here. The whole time they're navigating darkness. Oh my God, who am I teaching? Oh no. I want to feel so what are we counting for? I couldn't have fed that one. And at what three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, who am I teaching right now? 10, 11, amen. <laughs> and old Peter, I know Peter, he kicked James in the shin and said, this is stupid. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. <laughs> and Andrew, he, he's counting and told Bartholomew, uh, you better get the car ready. We're going to have to get out of here because Jesus is crazy. Amen. And these people's going to kill every one of us. We're, we're separating families. We're putting him over here and we're counting. Uh, who am I teaching right now of you having to navigate the darkness? Uh, tell your neighbor, just keep counting. Just keep doing what Jesus said. If he said separate them, separate them. If he said put 50 over here, put 50 over here. I'm not double. How? We ain't got enough to feed money. Honey, we ain't got the money. <laughs> Honey, we got more month than we got money. We got more people. We got fish. 11, 12, 13, 14. Navigate. Navigate. Navigating darkness. They couldn't see no way. This can come out good. 
screaming today. I know I'm not spitting, but I'm, I'm teaching. Somebody, somebody, some of you bored with this, but this is for somebody. That you're, you're finna put your big girl panties on. Mm. Pray for me. Chain, pray for me. My wife's gonna get me when I get home. You finna, somebody's finna put your big boy britches on and you're about to discover God in his bigness instead of always running to your littleness. E double shut. Are you listening to me? Amen. To bring glory in a way that you start revealing in public what you discovered in private. You discovered when it was dark, you didn't have no praise team. You didn't have nobody applauding you. You didn't have nobody saying you can make it. You couldn't even pull up a scripture, but you was in the dark place just swinging your prayer relationship with God. And God was allowing you to discover. Whoa! get rid of it today. I'm glad I didn't spend all week with this thing. This is your opportunity of discovery. If you understand what I'm preaching, your prayer's finna change. Praise God, infirmity has come. That sounds so silly, but it's in your Bible. Paul said, now rather, now rather, now rather. In other words, the rather is what I used to get depressed over, I plunge into the darkness. Hey! What I used to let beat me lacy, what has took me back to dimension number two, I'm looking for. I glory in my infirmity because when it's dark, his light begins to shine in me. Good, I can jump over a troop or whatever that scripture was, over a wall. It's your time of discovery, Anita, because you love your God. You know your Bible but he wants you to discover him beyond it. Isn't that amazing? He wants you to discover God beyond what you know about God. Oh, God is big. He wants you to discover him in a way that a smart preacher taught you that word. A smart philosopher may could talk you out of it, but not when you've had an experience in a dark place. God, I'm having fun all by myself. I smell hot links cooking. Oh, I'm hungry. Y'all hungry? Hungry's worse than being hungry. I'm trying to help somebody right now to go with me to that, that level to where you say, okay. Matter of fact, I didn't do the research because I'm not a teacher. You would have researched it. The priest, there were so many priests that they were elected by somewhere, some way. And some priests may go a whole lifetime and not get the opportunity to go into the Holy of Holies. Because it was only once a year. Y'all remember that? So for him to get chosen, that I get to go in and discover God face to face. God, think about it. Can I tell you, with every dark place you're led to, you've been chosen by God, you know, to come into a dark place and discover God in a dimension you've never discovered Him before. 
And if you're not careful, you'll forfeit it. Because it was dark. And I got scared. Some of you sitting on ministries you'll never step into because you won't start pouring the little you have. God, you fill that meal, that meal barrel up and I'll feed that preacher. You fill my bank account up and I'll pay tithes. Oh, is anybody listening to me? Huh? You remove this leprosy and I'll take the chance of going, showing the priest. Oh, no. He's bringing you to a place till you start walking in the darkness. Because God's hid there. He's hid there. He's concealed in places. Uh, do, you ever, do you ever play hide and seek with your kids? It ain't no fun to hide so good they can't find you. It's boring, right? To hide so good they can't find you. It just takes the whole glamour out of it. So you hide yourself in a way that they can find you. But what's really even more disheartening is when they don't try to find you. Hey. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, that's funny, but it's I'm over here. You're getting warmer. Marco, are y'all listening to me? Ain't that powerful? God said, I didn't hide myself from you. I hid myself for you. But the problem is you can't find me because you're not seeking after me with all your heart. And you're saying, oh, forget it. Uh, he said, I can't tell how bad you really want me. And, but by the, the extent you go through to find me. I can tell by the effort you're putting out how bad you really want to find me. I don't feel like reading today. Oh, I want to discover God. And I know I'm going to lose two hours of sleep, but I want to discover God. And I know my, my, my job's going to have to be put on the back burner for a few minutes, but I want to discover God. And God is saying, you're going to find me when you search after me with all your heart. Now you've laid down Abraham. You've laid down uh, Isaac. Oh, is anybody listening to this preacher today? You've laid down some stuff. Amen. Because you proved you really want to find me. And, and, and because you don't, you wonder why you don't finally get time to pray and you come in to visit me and I pour my glory out. God seems so silent. Maybe he's silent because I hadn't put out no effort to find him. Are y'all feeling me today? This is heavy, ain't it? I didn't come to play today. I know what some of y'all are saying. I wish he'd let Josh preach. He's taking us, Fluky, to another level of discovery. But I found out. I never understood these scriptures like I do right now of God hiding himself. Of God Covered himself in darkness. No, it's not. It's not spiritual darkness. It's just darkness to my natural eyes. And when I start learning how to navigate that darkness, I get to discover him. I know I need to quit preaching, but I'm just, I'm just not. 
tired of preaching. Because I just feel like there's a residue in here that I need you to catch. I worked hard to get this. <laughs> I took a lot of cooking to get this. I want you to savor it just a few minutes. I want to encourage you with this word of encouragement before I close. Some of you are in a dark spot. But really, it's an opportunity to discover God in a way that you didn't know before the dark spot. Matter of fact, the, the knowledge of God demands the darkness. Paul, I, I have to let you fall weak. I have to let you fall weak so that you can discover my strength. Mike, I, I've got to bring you to a place of vulnerability, lack of ability. And you know what it creates? Frustration. I'm trying to teach you to turn that frustration to discovery. But you know what? I'm, I'm crippled up with my right hand, <laughs> so I'm going to discover him with my left hand. I'm going to discover God. And then all of a sudden, what I discovered in my private pain now becomes a public revealing. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.